Chapter Two of the Diamond Pin by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Two, the locked room. Ursula Pell leaned back in her chair and shrieked with laughter. She will have stuffed dates and fancy fixins, will she? She cried. I just guess she's had enough of those fallals now. It quite spoiled her pretty frock," said Mrs. Bowen, timidly remonstrant. "That's nothing. I'll buy her another. Oh, I did that pretty cleverly, I can tell you. I took a little capsule, a long thin one, and I filled it with ink, just as you'd fill a fountain pen. Oh, oh! Iris was so mad. She never suspected at all, and she bit into that date. Oh, oh! Wasn't it funny? I don't think it was began mrs bowen but her husband lifted his eyebrows at her and she said no more though a clergyman alexander bowen was not above mercenary impulses and the mere reference whether it had been meant or not to a jewelled chalice made him unwilling to disapprove of anything such an influential hostess might do or say iris owes so much to her aunt the rector said smilingly of course she takes such little jests in good part she'd better and ursula pell nodded her head if she knows which side her bread is buttered she'll kiss the hand that strikes her if it doesn't strike too hard put in mrs bowen unable to resist some slight comment but again her husband frowned at her to keep silent and the subject was dropped it was fully a quarter of an hour before iris returned her face red from scrubbing and still showing dark traces of the ink on chin and cheek she wore a plain little frock of white dimity and smiled as she resumed her seat at the table now aunt ursula she said if you've any more ink to spill spill it on this dress and not on one of my best ones fiddlestrings iris i'll give you a new dress i'll give you two it was well worth it to see you bite into that date my you looked so funny and you look funny yet there's ink marks all over your face Mrs. Pell shook with most irritating laughter, and Irish flushed with annoyance. I know it, Auntie, but I couldn't get them off. Never mind, it'll wear off in a few days. And meantime you can wrap it up in a blotter. Again the speaker chuckled heartily at her own wit, and the rector joined her, while Mrs. Bowen with difficulty achieved a smile. She was sorry for Iris, for this sort of jesting offended the girl more than it would most people, and the kind-hearted woman knew it but afraid of her husband's disapproval she said nothing and smiled at his unspoken behest nor was iris herself entirely forgiving one could easily see that her calmly pleasant expression covered a deeper feeling of resentment and exasperation she had the appearance of having reached her limit and though outwardly serene was indubitably angry her pretty face ludicrous because of the indelible smears of ink was pale and strained and her deep brown eyes smouldered with repressed rage for iris clyde was far from meek her nature was first of all a just one and to a degree retaliatory and even revengeful oh i see your eyes snapping iris exclaimed her aunt delighted at the girl's annoyance i'll bet you'll get even with me for this indeed i will aunt ursula and iris's lips set in a straight line of determination which in conjunction with the ink stains sent mrs pell off into further peals of hilarity be careful iris cautioned mr bowen himself wary if you get even with your aunt she may leave the diamond pin to me instead of to you nixie 
returned iris saucily you've promised that particular diamond pin to me haven't you auntie i certainly have iris however often i change my will that pin is always designated as your inheritance where is it asked mr bowen curiously may i not see it it is in a box in my lawyer's safe at this moment replied mrs pell mr chapin has instructions to hand the box over to iris after my departure from this life which i suppose you'd like to expedite eh iris well i wouldn't go so far as to poison you iris smiled but i confess i felt almost murderous when i ran up to my room just now and looked in the mirror i don't wonder exclaimed mrs bowen unable to stifle her feelings longer tut tut cried the rector what talk for christian people oh they don't mean it said mrs pell you must take our chaff in good part mr bowen dinner over the bowens almost immediately departed and iris catching sight of her disfigured face in the mirror turned angrily to her aunt i won't stand it she exclaimed this is the last time i shall let you serve me in this fashion i'm going to new york to-morrow and i hope i shall never see you again now dearie don't be too hard on your old auntie it was only a joke you know i'll get you another frock it isn't only the frock aunt ursula it's this horrid state of things generally why i never dare pick up a thing or touch a thing without the chance of some fool stunt making trouble for me now now i will try not to do it any more but don't talk about going away if you do i'll cut you out of my will entirely i don't care that would be better than living in a trick house look at my face it will be days before these stains wear off you ought to be ashamed of yourself aunt ursula the old lady looked roguishly penitent like a naughty child oh fiddle-dee-dee you can get them off with what you call it soap but i hope you won't they make you look like a clown in a circus mrs pell's laughter had that peculiarly irritating quality that belongs to practical jokers and iris's sensitive nature was stung to the core oh i hate you she cried you are a fiend in human shape and without another word she ran upstairs to her own room ursula pell looked a little chagrined then burst into laughter at the remembrance of iris's face as she denounced her and then her expression suddenly changed to one of pain and she walked slowly to her own sitting-room went in and closed the door behind her it was part of the sunday afternoon routine that mrs pell should go to this room directly after dinner and it was understood that she was not to be disturbed unless callers came a little later polly was in the dining-room arranging the sideboard when she heard mrs pell's voice it was an agonized scream not loud but as one greatly frightened the woman ran through the hall and living-room to the closed door of the sitting-room then she clearly heard her mistress calling for help but the door was locked on the inside and polly could not open it help thieves came in terrified accents and then the voice died away to a troubled groaning only to rise in a shrill shriek of help quickly and then again the moans and sighs of one in agony frantically polly hurried to the kitchen and called her husband one of her damn fool jokes muttered the old man as he shuffled toward the door of the locked room she's locked herself in and she wants to get us all stirred up thinkin she's been attacked by thugs and in a minute she'll be laughin at us i don't think so said polly dubiously for she well knew her mistress's ways them yells was too natural 
old purdy listened his ear against the door i can hear her rustling about a little he said and there that was a faint moan maybe she's been took with a spell or something let's get the door open anyway begged polly if it's a joke i'll stand for it but i'll bet you something's happened what could happen unless she's had a stroke and if that's it she wouldn't be callin out thieves didn't you say she said that yes as plain as day then that proves she's foolin us how could there be thieves in there and the door locked well get it open i'm plumb scared and polly's round face was pale with fright but i can't do you want me to break it in we'd get what for in earnest if i done that run around and look in the windows suggested polly and i'm going to call miss iris i just know something's wrong this time what is it asked iris responding to the summons what was that noise i heard mrs pell screamed out miss iris and when i went to see what was the matter i found the door locked and we can't get in she screamed said iris perhaps it's just one of her jokes that's what purdy thinks but it didn't sound so to me it sounded like she was in mortal danger here's purdy now well i can't see in the windows was his retort the shades is all pulled down count of the sun she always has em so afternoons and you well know nobody could get in them windows or out of em ursula pell's sitting-room was also her storehouse of many treasures collections of curios and coins left by her husband additional objects of value bought by herself made the room almost a museum and in addition her desk contained money and important papers wherefore she had had the windows secured by a strong steel lattice-work that made ingress impossible to marauders two windows faced south and two west and there was but one door that into the living-room this being locked the room was inaccessible and the drawn shades prevented even a glimpse of the interior the windows were open but the shades inside the steel gratings were not to be reached there was no sound now from the room and the listeners stood looking at one another uncertain what to do next of course it's a joke surmised purdy but even so it's our duty to get into that room if so bees we get laughed at for our pains it won't be anything out of the common and if mrs pell has had a stroke or anything has happened to her we must see about it how will you get in asked iris looking frightened bust the door down said purdy succinctly i'll have to get campbell to help while i'm gone after him you try to persuade mrs pell to come out if she's just tricking us the old man went off and polly began to speak through the closed doors let us in mrs pell she urged do now or purdy'll spoil this good door now what's the sense of that if you're only a foolin open the door please do but no response of any sort was made the stillness was tragic yet there was the possibility even the likelihood that the tricky mistress of the house would only laugh at them when they had forced an entrance of course it's her foolishness said agnes who had joined the group she spoke in a whisper not wanting to brave a reprimand for impertinence what does she care for having a new door made if she can get us all soured up over nothing at all iris said nothing 
only a faint almost imperceptible tinge remained of the ink-stains on her face she had used vigorous measures and had succeeded in removing most of the disfigurement campbell returned with purdy ah oh, now miss pell come out of there he wheedled do now it's a sin and a shame to bust in this here heavy door likewise it ain't no easy matter nohow i'm not sure me and purdy can do it please missus unlock the door and save us all a lot of trouble but no sound came in answer let's all be awful still suggested purdy for quite a time and see if she don't make some move accordingly each and every one of them scarcely breathed and the silence was intense i can't hear a sound said campbell at last his ear against the keyhole which was nearly filled by its own key i can't hear her breathing you're sure she's in there of course said polly didn't i hear her screamin i tell you we got to get in joke or no joke we got to you're right said campbell looking serious i got ears like a hawk and i bet i'd hear her breathing if she was in there come on purdy the door was thick and heavy but the lock was a simple one not a bolt and the efforts of the two men splintered the jam and released the door the sight revealed was overwhelming the woman screamed and the men stood aghast on the floor lay the body of ursula pell and a glance was sufficient to see that she was dead her face was covered with blood and a small pool of it had formed near her head her clothing was torn and disordered and the whole room was in a state of chaos a table was overturned and the beautiful lamp that had been on it lay in shattered bits on the floor a heavy-handled poker belonging to the fire-set was lying near mrs pell's head and the contents of her writing-desk were scattered in mad confusion on chairs and on the floor a secret cupboard above the mantel really a small concealed safe was flung open and was empty an empty pocket-book lay on one chair and an empty handbag on another but these details were lost sight of in the attention paid to mrs pell herself she's dead she's dead wailed polly it wasn't a joke of hers it was really robbers she called out thieves and help several times oh if i'd got you men in sooner but good land polly cried campbell what do you mean by thieves how could anybody get in here with the door locked or if he was in how could he get out maybe he's here now and polly gazed wildly about we'll soon see and campbell searched the entire room it was not difficult for there were no alcoves or cupboards the furniture was mostly curio cabinets treasure tables a few chairs and a couch campbell looked under the couch and behind the window curtains but no intruder was found mighty curious said old purdy scratching his head how in blazes could she scream murder and thieves when there wasn't no one in here and how could any one be in here with her and get out leaving that air door locked behind him she was murdered all right declared campbell look at them bruises on her neck see her dress is tore open at the throat what kind of villain could have done that gosh it's fierce iris came timidly forward to look at the awful sight unable to bear it she turned and sank on the couch completely unnerved get a doctor shall i asked campbell who was the most composed of them all what for asked purdy 
she's dead as a doornail poor soul but yes i suppose it's the proper thing and we ought to get the crowner and not touch nothin till he comes the coroner iris's eyes stared at him what for well you see miss iris it's customary when there's a murder but she couldn't have been murdered impossible who could have done it it's it's an accident i wish i could think so miss iris and purdy's honest old face was very grave but you look around see there's been robbery look at that there empty pocket-book and empty bag and the way she's been hit why see them marks on her chest she's fair black and blue and her skirts tore good lord cried polly her pockets tore out she always had a big pocket inside each dress skirt and this one's been why it's been cut out there could be no doubt that the old lady had been fearfully attacked nor could there be any doubt of robbery the ransacked desk the open safe the cut-out pocket added to the state of the body itself left no room for theories of an accident or self-destruction holler for the doctor commanded purdy instinctively taking the helm you telephone him campbell and then he'll see about the coroner or whoever he wants and i think we ought to call up mr bowen what say miss iris mr bowen why oh i don't know it seems sort of decent that's all very well do so i-i suppose i ought to telephone to mr bannard sure you ought to but let's get the people up here first then you can get long distance to new york afterward once over the first shock of horror purdy's sense of responsibility asserted itself and he was thoughtful and efficient all of you go out of this room he directed i'll take charge of it till the police get here this is a mighty strange case and i can't see any light as to how it could a happened but it did happen poor miss pell is done for and i'll stand guard over her body till somebody with more authority gets here you agnes be ready to wait on the door and polly you look after miss iris campbell you telephone like i told you submissively they all obeyed him iris with an effort rose from the couch and went out to the living-room there she sat in a big chair and stared at nothing until polly watching became alarmed be calm now miss iris do be calm she urged stupidly hush up polly i am calm don't say such foolish things you know i'm not the sort to faint or fly into hysterics i know you ain't miss iris but you're so still and queer-like who wouldn't be polly explain it what happened to aunt ursula do you think miss iris they ain't no explanation i'm a quick thinker i am and i tell you there ain't no way that murderer for there sure was a murderer could a got in that room or got out with that door locked then she killed herself no she couldn't possibly a done that you know yourself she couldn't when she screamed thieves the thieves was there now how did they get away they ain't no secret way in and out that i know i've lived in this house too many years to be fooled about its buildin'. it's a mystery that's what it is a mystery will it ever be solved and iris looked at old polly as if inquiring of a sibyl 
land child how do i know i ain't no seer i suppose some of those smart detectives can make it out but it's beyond me oh polly they won't have detectives will they sure they will miss iris they'll have to now i'm through with the telephone said campbell reappearing shall i get new york for you miss no said iris rising i'll get the call myself End of chapter 2